Well, the Astros won another series. They failed to get the sweep, but Jose Arquiti looked good in this loss. We're going to talk about these things and going forward, what the Astros got going for them right now on this edition of Locked on Astros. Alvarez hits a high drive center field. Beer leans back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked on Houston Astros and we update you joins for a daily Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter, Eric Talks Stros. Find the show at Locked on Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can I find you at? They can find me at HM Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stroh's 411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stroh's. All right, guys. Thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to us. Go ahead and give us a big fat thumbs up. And go ahead and make us your first listen. Become an everydayer on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go ahead and check out the Locked on Astros podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So once again, the Astros failed to get that uh, third game to go for the sweep, uh, but they scored a lot of runs in this series, so you, you were seeing some positive signs. Uh, Jose Arquiti pitched great in this game. Uh, we had some roster moves. Um, Jose Abreu and Phil Maton hit the I.L., uh, Hunter Brown is going to have his start skipped. No, this is not anything to worry about, but we will discuss it. Altuve got his hit in 1993. Uh, so where were you in 1993? Just let us know in the chat. And there is a Michael Brantley update from Dana Brown. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in this episode of the Locked on Astros podcast. So, Brett, um, overall, what do you think about Jose Arquiti in this game? Look, I mean, he went out there. He was, I thought he looked really good. No walks, seven strikeouts. You know, he's not a big strikeout guy. Um, what do you say before the show? We were talking like 15 swings and misses today. Yes. Um, had his command, only gave up two runs. Um, you you love to see the performance he had. It's encouraging because with the amount of injuries and with the amount of inconsistency that we've seen from time to time, from the top of the rotation, especially from someone like Hunter Brown, who really surprisingly has struggled more than I thought he would. Um, you, you do have your constants in this rotation. And that's JP France. So if Jose Arquiti coming back this late in the season can find his stride and do it consistently, that is just another advantage that the Houston Astros have. Because, I mean, again, bringing back Verlander was huge. But if other guys can step up and be consistent and keep the runs off the board, especially someone like Otani, then, you know, it really helps. Of course, I know we didn't keep him technically off the board today, but all weekend long, you saw the Angels held at bay pretty much. I mean, looking in their win, they only scored two runs. So, yeah, they scored what uh, eight runs in three games where the Astros scored 25 runs, 20, yeah. 23, no, runs? Tw 23. Yeah. Okay. So 11, yeah, 11, 11, 11. Yes. One, sorry. Yeah. I'm not a math guy. <laughs> I was thinking it was 25, but you know, good job for Akiti. Um, well, last time he went out, I think he fell victim to some walks and 
Those runs ended up scoring when he left the game, so it inflated his ERA. This game, he settled down. He looked to be taking his time more, too. He looked more relaxed. He didn't look rushed. And I think his pace dictated where he took the game. It was just unfortunate that the offense couldn't show up in support. Yeah, and uh, his breaking pitches were great. Uh, there's one uh, time specifically I remembered where he literally threw a breaking pitch. The hitter looked so bad, and uh, our kitty almost looked like he got hurt in a pitch, but it was just because he was trying to get such a dive on the pitch. And so he went um, almost all the way down to the ground, but he had great movement, great control um, throughout the whole game. And uh, this is a Jose Arquiti the Astros are hoping for. And so um, there's going to be some changes. We'll talk about this later, but Arquiti is fully capable of pitching out of the bullpen. So we could see him possibly, um, being as part of a, a piggyback system that the Astros are kind of going with right now. Uh, we'll talk about Hunter Brown in a second, but Mushinsky came in and I uh, gave up a bomb to Shohei Itani. And this is actually the, um, I think the only second time that somebody's hit above the batter's eye uh, that uh, I can remember it was Jordan Alvarez with that yeah. big legendary home run. That was the other time, but Shohei Itani crushed the ball. But uh, the Astros actually made pitching changes mid-innings in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth innings of this game. So it was just it's kind of one of those weird games where Dusty Baker had to do a lot of walking uh, in between innings. So maybe he was just trying to up his step count or uh, had his Apple Watch on, or I don't know if he's allowed to have his Apple Watch on. Um, so, But uh, I just think that this game, unfortunately – after scoring 11 runs in two straight games, the offense just wasn't there. And uh, Silseth did a great job. He kept the Astros off balance, and they just didn't seem comfortable. Uh, he did allow two walks, four hits. So they were getting on base. There's a, a couple times bases loaded, but it just seemed like the wrong person was up. And I know people are going to say, well, this wasn't the most optimal lineup. You had Greg Kessinger in there. You had Martin Maldonado. Uh, Mauricio Dubon was in there and Singleton, even though he had two walks and he had that great game the other day. Um, but there, everybody's going to say that this was not the best lineup. You should have had Diaz um, starting over catcher. And with the next two guys, I don't know if Diaz is even going to play with the next two uh, pitchers going. Well, look, you got one through six, Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker, McCormick, and Singleton. And look, Singleton, you know, you mentioned it. He worked two walks. Um, he right. put together two two great ABs. Um, something funny about that. I don't know if you caught this after the game. Julie Morales was going to interview John Singleton, and she said that both Bregman and Tucker, I think, um, who had, who had gone over in the game, um, walked up. Whoever went over in the game walked up to Julie and said, "Hey, do you need do you need someone to interview after the game today?" And she's like, "Oh no, I'm going to interview John Singleton." And they were they were kind of messing with her, you know, because they're yeah. always interviewing her or she's always interviewing them. Um, Altuve's over four day. He hit the ball really well. Just right. Two people. Um, Bregman with the two knocks. Um, Alvarez. Alvarez had the hardest, longest out. I've seen that's not a home run. I think this year, if he would have hit it 15 feet to the right or left, that ball's going over the fence easily. So they were on the precipice of like breaking out with some runs, but this one through six, you should have been able to get that done. Um, still Seth, um, this especially, um, their, their closer, um, Estevez, I know he has 25 saves, but this dude's been susceptible. He hasn't been great lately. Um, Soriano is okay. More, he got three strikeouts in the inning. What can you say about that? 
But even though Kessinger's in there, even though Maldonado's in there, that's not an excuse. Like, to say that this team lost because Dusty had a horrible lineup, you're going to ignore one through six. There's not many teams that have a one through six that can do what they can do. And it was good to see Chaz get a couple hits because a lot of people saying, oh, I wonder if Chaz has cooled off. I wonder if he's come down to earth. It's the ebb and flow of baseball. They're not going to stay hot. You know, Altuve was struggling before he went on the injury list. You know, Altuve wasn't hitting the best. And now he, like, can't miss a baseball. He just gets hits. And they said that on the national broadcast. Like, he just hits. He goes up there, and he hits the ball. Like, right. it's it's like clockwork. And so this team has upped its average from 240. So the last 16 games are up to 276. They are averaging uh, 6.1 runs per game since the All-Star break. And the previous 16 games, Eric, they were hitting like 242. And their OPS has jumped. Their average has jumped as a team. And ever since Alvarez and Altuve have come back together, this team has really started offensively firing on all cylinders. So that's definitely an encouraging sign. Right. So a lot of people are wanting um, John Singleton to get some more playing time. So we'll definitely have to talk about that. But it's definitely game time for John Singleton because Abreu is hitting the IL and uh, Maton as well. So we'll talk about that in a second. But this episode is brought to you by Game Time. That's right. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals and last minute tickets. They're the best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about the fun you're going to have. Flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find, um, e- easy to find and buy tickets of every kind of event, images of your seats, lowest price guaranteed, even cancellation protection and job loss protection. So forget the planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, right up to the moment of the event. I've actually done that myself. Bought the tickets right before the game. And look, if you buy the tickets and then you go to another website and they have the same section and same row for a cheaper price, game time will credit you 110% the difference. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. You no longer have to dig through your email. So right now, use a promo code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Make sure you use the redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And don't forget the Astros do play the Marlins. They're flying to Miami to give Yuli Gurriel his World Series ring on Monday at 8, 4, uh, sorry, 5.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. Catch every pitch of the Astros hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Astros. All right, just to clarify that for everybody listening, uh, Yuli's actually getting his ring on Tuesday, but they are playing the Marlins on Monday, which is what Brett oh, was trying to say. Oh, on Tuesday. Okay. Yes. I, I, I thought they were going to give it to him on the day that they got there. So No. No, so it's game two, and I, I don't know. That's just what I saw online, and uh, I think it was confirmed. But uh, it's good to see Yuli get his ring, and he deserves it. I think that – Uh, A lot of people wanted Yuli to be back on this team this year, but Jose Abreu was the guy the Astros put all their eggs in the basket with, and they went ahead, did it for three years, and unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out for him. And I know that there's um, been uh, some issues with him, and he said that um, uh, he's got the back issues. We talked about that the other day, and so – He said, I felt it at the beginning of the season, but something that I just thought was normal. It went away right before an all-star break. I felt it again, but the same thing, it went away. 
but the last time I felt it and just kept on getting worse. So basically, um, uh, Dusty Baker, remember he he made a comment about, well, he looks like his gait looks like he's pimping or something. And, but that was probably just because he was running. And he, um, so uh, he's just said that you can tell when a player, his gait, you can tell by how he's running, if he's hurt or not. And he said that um, uh, Abreu added that this is not justification for the hitter I've been the last four months. So Abreu's on the IL with a lumbar spine inf- inflammation. He got two cortisone shots in his back. And so hopefully that will help with that. And maybe he'll get back at some point because the Astros signed him for a three-year, $58.5 million deal. And he's been one of the least productive players in baseball. Uh, he was on a seven for 46 funk before mm. this. And uh, he's just, he said, obviously the last couple of days, uh, it's been bothering me to swing, bothering my core area a bit. But the most important thing is that the trainer, Dusty and Dana Brown have all been putting me in the best position to be successful and be able to return. Yeah. So with, with him going down, you have him and then also Phil Maton going on the IL with this right elbow contusion from being hit. They, they brought up David Hensley and Parker Mashinsky to take their spots. Um, look, this, this does explain, um, I think what's been going on with him. He says his back's on an issue. I think he's just right. trying to be nice and not use it as an excuse you're not going to say it that it's it, it's a crutch. He's not going to use it as crutch. That's the reason. He's always going to put the blame on he's just having a bad year. But, um, but yeah, if you're not able to swing with your back, if you've had that issue throughout. If you're not 100% yeah. healthy, I think it actually, to me, I would rather you say, you know what, I was playing through pain. And I think part of the reason why I haven't been as successful is because I've been trying to manage this pain and I've realized right. that doing that has put me not in the best position to help the team. Hey, Jose, you're older. It's okay to admit that. That's what happens. And <laughs> Eric, I, I, I'm not encouraged by the two cortisone shots. I'll be real honest with you. Right. Cortisone shots into your back. Cortisone shots are not good long-term. Like you don't want to keep getting cortisone shots because that breaks down tissue and all that stuff. Trust me. I've had cortisone shots in my, in my labrum from when I played volleyball in college. And I probably had one or two too many. And if you get too many of those, it starts breaking down tissue inside. So let's hope that that doesn't become something he's dependent on because we all know what happened, all the cortisone shots that Bagwell got in his shoulder towards the end of his career. Um, And he wasn't even hardly able to throw baseball. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer here, but just we need to keep an eye on that because man, I hate to see it. Yeah. After Maton got hit by the ball, he said, yeah, my head went to the worst case scenario possible, especially those first 12 hours, lots of inflammation, lots of pain, but no waking up the next day, everything was kind of starting to move around a little bit again and didn't seem like it was going to be season ending injury. So things were looking up after that. So basically he said after he got hit, everything just froze up on him and he couldn't move. So uh, it, yeah, when you get hit on the elbow, it's going to be like that. You're not going to be able to pitch for a while. So uh, the belief is that he's going to be able to come back on the 15th day, which is around August 27th, maybe 16th day. So um, he, he just said, that's kind of the last spot I wanted to get hit. I've been getting treatment literally right there for, for like the last week and a half. So I didn't want to, it didn't really help out that much. 
but it's been really progressing well the last two days. So he's obviously been dealing with some type of elbow discomfort because uh, he said that's the last spot I needed to be hit. So. Yeah, that that's just that's just no fun. You hate to see that. You know, Phil Maton was out of the playoffs last year because of something that was his fault. Now he's out right now for 15 days for something he had no control over. And you never want to see a guy get hit with the line drive anywhere, whether it's the back or the elbow. Um, but look, Parker's coming up. He's a lefty. Um, I hope he does well. I think this was was a good move for them. They don't really have many other options to bring up at this point because they do need that left-handed um, reliever. So, look, so right now we got Abreu and Maton on the IL, and then we got Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown, Eric, um, has not had the best year. He hasn't had a horrible year. He started out really good, and he struggled. And then they go, okay, we're going to we're gonna take Brown, and we're going to we're, we're gonna skip a start. And then what is the club telling us about this? This isn't a, a demotion for him, correct? Right. Uh, it's going to be Framer Valdez, Christian Javier, and Justin Verlander lined up to start in Houston, um, I mean, for the Astros against the Marlins. And uh, they're going to go ahead and have Brown skipped, uh, but he could rejoin rotation in the next round. And he said he's not skipped. It's not a demotion like it was it like it wasn't with J.P. France with off days. You just kind of figured out how to jam guys and Hunter will be available out of bullpen in Miami. If he pitches, I'm sure he'll pitch well. If he doesn't pitch, we'll probably work him back into the rotation after the off day um, and a about um, Justin Verlander, I think with him being very routine oriented, having the extra day off is not great for him. That's part of what went into the decision, having him go back on regular rest here. So he didn't have two extra days rest. So yes, last year they had to um, go with the six-man rotation to give Justin Verlander the extra days off. But that was also dealing with uh, the Tommy John surgery coming back from him. But he's uh, fully recovered from it. And um, I don't know if you've heard the whispers about this, but apparently the Mets and Max Scherzer have labeled um, Justin Verlander as a diva and they huh. didn't appreciate his uh, antics over there and that uh, uh, that he just w felt like um, and I saw a quote that he didn't feel like the Mets analytics and uh, scouting wasn't as good it. as the Astros were and he just didn't feel like he got the same amount of assistance that the Astros were able to provide him. And he may have whined about it. And so people called him a diva. And we know that he's one of those old school pitchers that on start day, on his start day, you don't talk to Justin Verlander. Yeah, Justin Verlander, if, look, all these things that were said were said, look, he has every right to. Sorry, Mets fans, your team is nowhere near the Astros are. The Astros, maybe the Orioles have stepped up. A few teams may be kind of in our vicinity. But our system, what we give the players, the information that our guys provide our players is second to none. And you and I right. know it because we have interviewed players all through the system from from the major leagues down to a ball. They all say the same thing. It's unreal what this club knows about you once you get here. And when you get used to that, I mean, Justin Verlander got into routine even when he wasn't on the mound, even when he was recovering from TJ. He knows the prep. He knows the study. He knows the numbers. 
And when you go somewhere and it's not that way, it's probably very frustrating because it's not that Justin Verlander has to do that, but he literally revamped his career in Houston. So when you're that kind of pitcher, when you get paid that kind of money, you better be delivering to him the product he wants because that's what he demands. And look, Scherzer said he, whatever. I don't know if they actually said he was a diva, but I think Justin Verlander's earned that right. He's a two-time World Series champion. He's a three-time Cy Young winner. And oh no, I'm sorry, three-time no-hitter. He's won, what, two Cy Youngs? Um, and, I, I mean, just the accolades he's built up. Of course, the actors, yeah. And this is what they were. Uh, Met told Puma that Verlander was a diva who was detached from his Mets teammates and complained about how the team's analytics department was not at the level that the one that he worked with uh, during his first stint with the Astros. And it was a diva attitude that caused Scherzer to grumble some about Verlander. Well, I think Scherzer should focus on his 5.31 ERA before he focuses on Justin Verlander's complaining. It's like, if your backyard is dirty, don't tell me my backyard needs to be cleaned. Like, get your crap together, okay? Look, you went to Texas. I get it, okay? But at the end of the day, Houston is the superior place to be baseball-wise. It's not New York. It's not the Mets. It's not even the Yankees or the Bronx. But look, if you are wondering and you're struggling, like, where should I go to go watch a baseball game, to talk about baseball, to watch UFC. Well, I'm glad you asked because you know where you need to go. You need to go to Hooters. Why? Because Hooters makes you happy. The Houston area Hooters can be found anywhere from Sugarland to Pearland, Pasadena to Galveston, Humble, Humble to Webster. I mean, anywhere in between there is a Hooters no matter where you go. And this week they have all these specials. Buy one, get one wings on Wednesday, Tuesday, $9.99 burgers and fries. Wednesday, buy one, get one boneless wings. Thursday, $19.99 big wings and big daddy bundle. And Friday, $19.83 crab legs. Kids eat free on Saturday and Sunday. $3 blue moon drafts every day. $9.99 Michelob Ultra pitchers. No matter the occasion, Hooters is ready to make you happy. And look, fantasy football is here. And football season is starting soon. If you have a fantasy football league and you want to do a draft, they will host your fantasy football draft party. So go check that out. August 17th, this weekend, there is a store pageant in Pearland at 7 p.m. For more info, um, go to the Pearland store and ask them about tickets. It is a private event. So come hang out with the boys, Locked on Astros Hangout, and watch the Astros continue to win with great grub and brews. Remember, because Hooters makes you happy. Then the Astros play the Marlins on Monday, 5.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. Catch every pitch of the Astros' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Astros. Okay, so Jose Altuve's 14-game hitting streak is over, unfortunately. But um, during that streak, he batted 456, 26 for 56, with eight extra base hits, 18 runs during a 14-game hit streak. And his batting average went up from 258 to 320 during the streak. And he is seven hits shy of 2,000. And uh, what uh, Alex Bregman said, he's a machine. He can do it all on the baseball field. And it's fun to hit right behind him. I get to watch it every single night. Unfortunately, he was hitless on um, Sunday, and uh, this was also the first time he played as the DH, and you have yeah. to wonder how much of that went into consideration. I know he had a 10-pitch at-bat 
at the first at bat and he kind of extended the the inning a little bit but he ended up striking up striking out in that bat but uh, i was just frustrating how the astros were um they scored 11 runs 11 runs and then one run but that's baseball you can you never know what's going to happen and the astros are 18 and 10 um since all-star break and the rangers are 18 and 9 uh including mm. today's loss for the rangers so jose altuve has 1993 hits that's right. the year i graduated high school eric um that was a great year um you can get that was with before this. the baseball strike in 1994 right. you can get with this or you can get with that but seniors 93 this is where it's at. That's what we used to say. Yeah, man, five years before the strike in 1998 is when the big home run chase happened with, um, with you know, Mark McGuire and Sosa. Um, when I got that really cool Cardinals jersey autographed by McGuire in the Dome. Dude, I was, I was nostalgic today because with Altuve getting 1993, he is seven hits away from joining both um, Bagwell and Bijou, I believe, in the 2000-hit club. But they had the Hall of Fame weekend this weekend mm -hmm. bill brown was inducted and then also bill dorn bill dorn was one of my heroes growing up he was a guy who played the game well he played the game hard and blum and callus asked him like you played the game really hard like what where did that mentality come from and he said it came from when he played high school football he said when i played high school football my coaches expected nothing but the best out of me and he said but when i come back to houston my favorite part about houston i'm tying this back into Altuve is he said the way the fans receive the players he said Houston will always have a soft spot in my heart because they are what's right with sports and he said it's easy to see with someone like Altuve this guy is always going to be loved by the fans he goes people haven't forgotten me and I'm in like generations ago and so um, it was really amazing to hear how humble Bill Doran was and how appreciative he was about and he talked about the fans more than he talked about his own career that says a lot about him. And I think that's going to be the kind of mark that Altuve leaves. And look, Altuve is going to get 2000. I still think it's possible for him to get to 3000 before the end of his career, but I absolutely love to see this. He is dialed in. He is on fire. And if him and Jordan and these guys keep doing this, Eric, this playoff run is going to be special. All right. So um, before we move on from this, the Astros are nine and four against the Angels this season and have outscored them 84 to 57. So the Astros are a big reason why the Angels are where they are. So um, even though we lost this game, it was only by one run. Uh, it was a great pitching matchup. And unfortunately, the Astros just didn't get the offense. And we do have a update about a certain uh, DH left fielder named Michael Brantley. So let's go and get that. Yeah, so Michael Brandon. Oh. All right, so that was kind of leading up to that, and you just jumped right in there, Brad. Well, but... you didn't tell me you were going to hot button the drum roll. Huh. Oh, that's fine. So on the pregame show, um, Dana Brown said Michael Brantley could go on a rehab stint sometime in the next week or so. The key word there is sometime. And Dusty, um, I, I I saw another uh, quote earlier from uh, Brian McTaggart. He said, I quit asking for updates about Michael Brantley because nothing changes. But here's what Dusty told a reporter today. He's on the way. We'll announce it when the time comes. You don't want to people to anticipate when Michael will be back or if he has a setback. What happens? Basically, yes. 
Hey, I'm like, come on, man. Don't give me that bull crap. Don't, don't tell me. Ooh. No, guys, I'm sorry. That is BS. There is no strategy in going a guy who hasn't played since last year. We're not going to tell you if he's going to play. Like, you really think a team's going to alter their game plan because Michael Brantley is a 70% chance of starting in three weeks? Bro, come on. The bottom line is y'all don't believe he's coming back and you want to hold on to hope that he is. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I'm just not going to. Like I said it, so I believe it. Well, here's the thing. Look. When I go and I see an illusionist, and this this is no offense if you're an illusionist and you listen to the show, there is no way you make that person levitate. It is a trick. It it is a trick. And I don't believe the illusion of Michael Brantley playing. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that Brantley comes back, and I want Brantley to contribute. I love Michael Brantley on this team. I think he extends the lineup, and a Brantley that hasn't played all year would be a huge addition to the playoffs. I'm just not going to put my hopes on it right now. I'm I'm like, okay, that's great. That's why I put the crickets up. Like, keep telling me something where, I don't know, I just don't get it. Yeah, call me Debbie Downer. I mean, but everybody <laughs> yeah. watching and listening, I know. you think what I'm thinking. I know. Uh, so welcome to the Astros Hall of Fame, Bill Doran and Bill Brown. And it was actually good to hear uh, Bill Brown do uh, the commentary uh, on the TV uh, a little bit. This on, I believe it was on Saturday. So uh, this was a great weekend or maybe it was Friday. Uh, he did it sometime, but it was it kind of brought back a lot of memories. And uh, just hearing him as a uh, kid or growing up, just uh, watching Astros baseball. He was the voice for the Houston Astros. And Bill Doran led all Astros players in runs, stone base and walks he's one of the all uh, on the uh, astros all times list he's uh, top 10 in hits runs stolen bases walks at bats and triples so he's just one of those all-time players that uh, a lot of people got to watch play and so welcome to the astros hall of fame and speaking of hall of fame i don't know if he'll ever get there but yuli guriel will get his worst world series ring like we talked about on tuesday and pedro leon crushed three home runs uh, with the space cowboys yeah, so good job, Pedro. Um, I think it's great, but I don't know that means he's going to be up. I don't I don't know that he'll be the September call-up. I know some people are asking us early on a different show, like who will the September call-up be? Um, I think it's going to be a pitching move, to be honest. I think it's going to be someone like an Eric Getty, like a Dubin. Right. Um, I don't think someone like Joe Record who would come up with their first taste of the major leagues in the playoffs, maybe before the playoffs, but I really think you, to me, it's, it's between Dubin and um, some Mr. Spaghetti himself. So, Hey, uh, Brett, you're always Stroh's always positive. I think we need to end the show on a positive note. You had some uh, great stats about JP France earlier. And so while you're looking at up um, JP France uh, pitched uh, seven innings uh, on Saturday and he struck out five, his ERA is now 2.74 in 17 games, 102 innings pitch, and he's pitched into seventh inning. There are nine of his first 16 big league starts, and his ERA since June 29th is 1.98. So, but you you have some better stats. Well, here's the deal. JP France is actually tops of the rookie leaderboard for AL rookies for um he ranks first in the ERA, 275 overall, or actually 274 now. 
Um, first in walks per nine, 2.75. Second in whip, 1.24. Second in opponent um, OPS with 674. He does 675. He does um, he does have 11 quality starts. And Eric, the only guy that's close to him is um, you have a kid named Tanner Beebe, who's eight and two, but he's got a 2.92 ERA, a higher ERA, a higher whip, and actually maybe one or two more strikeouts here or there. But Hunter Brown was the guy that I thought would be leading or one of the top 10 candidates for rookie Mm -hmm. of the year. JP France clearly is in the is in the conversation because right now Josh Jung is hurt, Ryan Noda is hurt, Anthony Volpe in his last 29 games is batting 176. Um Masataki Yoshida is batting 173 in his last 14 games and Gunnar Henderson is batting 194 in his last 16 games. So right now the most consistent guy on that leaderboard if I were voting today, I would vote for JP France. Do I think he's the best most talented guy? Not necessarily, but I think he's been the most consistent, and he definitely deserves some votes. If he's not top three or top five, I would be shocked. So, J.P. France, keep doing your thing because you are looking sharp out there, sir. Uh, pitching nine times into the seventh inning, that's a pretty good for any rookie. And, guys, um, go ahead and tune in to the Astros broadcast on uh, Sirius XM. The game starts on Monday at 540. It's going to be Framer Valdez versus Braxton Garrett. Uh, Garrett it has a 6-3 and three record with a 4.08 ERA. Framer Valdez is 9-7 with a 3.30 ERA. So the Astros should, should do a great job. You can catch all the play-by-play action with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Astros. And guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. Uh, we we appreciate every, every one of your everydayers. You know who you are. You listen to the podcast every day and uh, you make this part of your daily routine. So go and subscribe to us. Go and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go and check out the Locked on Astros podcast. And Brett, do you have any closing thoughts? Hey, I just want to thank my guy, Job. I want to thank my guy, Gabe Cratcher, who designed this hat that I'm wearing tonight. And Big Sleep Cat Zone, thank you for the cat and the H-Town pin. Thank you guys for this as a late birthday present. Y'all are always making it happen. From H-Town Wheelhouse and everybody here at Lockwood Astros, remember, we're your team every day. Go Strokes.